Hi, everyone. I am Tennyson Wolf. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Quinita Robertson. Welcome to Fire and Water, the podcast, Coming of Age in This Age, where we try to cultivate wise leaders one show and one moment at a time. It's been a bit since we recorded a podcast, and yet, Quinita, you and I have been in a few conversations about wanting to uh, come back to this medium and format for some sharing, for some learning, for some wondering out loud, and for some uh, welcoming even more people into the conversation. Hi, Hi to you. Hi, thanks. Uh, yes, I'm excited to be here and to be having a little bit more of a conversation um, following the call we had last night with a bunch of people. And, uh, you know, just talking a little bit about where we're at and what has our attention now. Yeah, can I pick that up? Yeah, please. Uh, I so appreciated the people that came to the call last night. Uh, uniquely organized and invited in relation to coronavirus and some of what's happening in our varied communities and of course it was a virtual gathering via zoom so many people are meeting these days and upping their skills in a zoom way or their virtual ways one of the things that we did last night that feels important to um, continue to talk about is you and i were connecting um, just the, the welcome of that group of people into fire and water and you and I named a few things that feel like they're helpful things to just bring forward again. Uh, I'll start with a couple and then just welcome you to riff off of them in whatever way you do. Cool? Sounds great. Uh, one piece of it was around um, how it's okay to be in grief. And uh, wanting to say that out loud with you know, yes, people last night, but I want to say that in general also. Uh, you have said a number of times, Quinita, uh, how we as a culture have either forgotten how to grieve or don't know how to grieve. And um, to reclaim our ability or maybe even just invitation or legitimacy to grieve, I want to say that out loud. There's a lot of confusing stuff going on. Uh, I personally find some of my own confusion in some of the deeper systemic implications, you know, when everything is connected to everything and, and you get a systems failure or systems collapse, what does that mean for the rest of the system? There's all kinds of scenarios that way. If that creates some fear or some grief in people that it's okay to feel the grief um, or it's natural, I want to say, to feel some grief in this. I can find the part of me that is grieving. I can find the part of me that is also, uh, you know, celebrating and some other things. But as one who continues to learn about grieving, I think I wanted to bring that in. Um, yeah, and maybe a second piece uh, is that within fire and water, you, we, we're been in a journey now where, you know, we're, we're several months deep into Fire and Water as a leadership program and writes a passage group with a particular group of people. And um, 
We have continued to speak the language of initiation. Uh, and one form of that language is around departure, ordeal, and return. Uh, this is like deep human growing stuff. And I, I think I'm saying it out loud right now to continue to help myself and others lean into the helpfulness of an initiation narrative or storyline. There's stuff going on. There's shit happening. And to be able to lean into it in a way that, that, uh, somehow focuses on the growing of what we are as human beings and spiritual beings having human experiences also uh, to, to sort of, you know, bring ourselves into the, the broader storyline uh, feels helpful. And so we've invited some deliberate attention and energy around departure and ordeal in particular in where we are with that program. There's a whole lot of that going on in a way that was unexpected at a more societal or more global layer. But I wanna rename that language as another way of looking at what's happening that doesn't deny the reality of uh, illness and dying and of fear and terror for that matter but also reposition it in a, in a longer storyline that I think focuses on human beings' capacity to be um, learning-filled, resilient, kind, uh, thoughtful with one another. Let me stop and pause there and mm. welcome you. I think... You know, in listening to you speak, one of the things that comes up for me is it's been a while since we've done a podcast. And I don't think it's surprising that the podcasts that we did before were connected to grief and initiation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in some ways, this uh, time is unexpected, but expected. Mm -hmm. You know, we've known that we couldn't continue going as we were going <laughs> and not have some type of response from where from the environment that we live in um and so that yes um <clears throat> grief i think there is a lot of grief and there's been a lot of grief and the thing about grief is it doesn't just go away if we don't tend to it it just builds in us and we can stuff it and it comes out in all kinds of other ways and we dump our pain on the other people but it doesn't, it still doesn't go away. It doesn't go away until you actually go through the process of grieving. And we live in a culture that tells us in so many ways not to grieve or hurry up and get over it or hurry up and, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or don't, you know, or I'm not comfortable with my own grief, so I can't be around you having yours. So quiet it down. Um, and so the skill of learning how to grieve, I actually think is so essential to really learning how to live. Because one of the things I tell my coaching clients often and that I tell the participants in Fire and Water is that the grieving is the emptying out of what we don't want so that there's room for what we do want to invite in. Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes we, we speak the need for something new, but we don't have the space for it to really show up. Mm -hmm. The other piece is that I believe grief requires community. And I know a lot of people are feeling really challenged right now because we're in isolation 
in a place of grief, but needing community to go through it. Mm-hmm. And community in a way that you have to be comfortable again with your own grief to be able to sit with mine. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find that in the spaces that we're in. I also think, you know, initially in this shift, there was a whole bunch of activity and I said people went straight to the doing. And I think part of that is that that's where we go to avoid the grief. Because if I keep myself busy, I don't have to feel. The moment I stop and I'm still, the emotions start to arise. And we just haven't been comfortable with that mm-hmm. as, a, as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, with fire and water, <clears throat> yes, we're about halfway through our process with our participants. And we're, you know, in the ordeal part of it. We've gone through the departure and in the ordeal and kind of thick in that place. And so again, I think it's surprising, not surprising that this ordeal would show up. I think that the universe responds to what we ask for in ways that we can never imagine. And for me, this is just one of those ways and that we're connected, that of course the people who would show up for fire and water would be in the same kind of systemic stuff that we see happening globally because we grow on an individual, on an ethnocentric, and then on a world-centric level, our -hmm. growth and development shows up. Mm -hmm. And we're getting an opportunity, I think, even though this is showing up as a global pandemic, (laughs) we are having an opportunity to deal with these on an individual level. We're all being sent in. Mm -hmm. Because growth is transcend and include, so we can't shift our place globally without taking on our individual journeys and stories. I'll stop there. I definitely relate to the value of, um, of doing the inner work, uh, to, to me, I'm just oriented that way. And it feels like really fruitful and necessary work in a culture that tends to externalize, there is some reclaiming to external circumstances. There's some reclaiming of how any of us orient to any of that external stuff inside here, inside each of us individually. And as you say, to be able to enter some of that communally in a communal witnessing or supporting way is a big thing. Uh, it is, I think I'll just add a couple of things. I feel like we're in a, you know, a huge topic, of course, and and most people are in some version of this topic these days. Um, There is Fire and Water, the program Mm -hmm. in which we've invited attention to uh, departure and ordeal. And I think as soon as we invite or contribute or, you know, commit some attention to such things, then circumstances arise. Uh, what was not planned <laughs> for me was sort of the global reach of this coronavirus. Um, so uh, in a fractal way, there is like such a mass scale of some things very personal happening on, you know, a, a very universal scale right now that, that uh, might be overdue. But uh, yeah, yeah, is is uniquely happening. Let's say we have not experienced before, or generally speaking, you know, this kind of shutdown. Uh, 
you can go back 100 years to flu epidemics and some other things that have happened or some more regional things that have happened. And yet here we are in a, in a global sharedness of something. I wanna offer a, a dream that uh, a friend of mine shared recently uh, that pertains to all of this. I think it's got something to do with uh, the, the, the bigger story here or maybe an important aspect of the story to pay attention to. And I'll, I'll just link it back in a general way to say I think most of us are trying to figure out how to show up with, with each other to cultivate our wisdom and the wisdom of others and to cultivate maybe a different kind of wisdom in these times or these days, I find myself saying uh, or resisting the story that is, well, we're just gonna get back to normal. When we get back to normal, uh, I, 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 something just feels so off in that and really um, itchy to me also. I think we need to release uh, that sense or that grip on what the old normal was. The dream that the friend shared with me, uh, in short, was that uh, he met with a person who had discovered a vaccine and a cure, basically, for coronavirus. And in the dream, the person that he met was handing him this vial that uh, you know was the vaccine and and. It was a doctor kind of person, and he was handing it to my friend, <clears throat> saying, I need your help with this. And my friend uh, really was delivering it to some other healthcare people and uh, spiritual leaders also. And when he delivered in the dream the vaccine, uh, the one medical person took it and tossed it out in as far as it could into the ocean and my friend in the dream says you know what what's what's happening why did you do that and the person says because this this virus has come to teach us how to grieve why would we deny ourselves the learning of that that learning of um, remembering how to grieve it was a powerful dream. It was a powerful dream image. And something tells me that underneath all of the very real day-to-day -day, uh, systemic impact, shortage of ventilators, uh, supplies, some supplies out in grocery stores, behind all of that, I have always been the kind of person that sort of can't help but reach into and what's what are some of the other layers of meaning here? I don't want to understate the real of the day to day, and I'm glad for health and I'm glad for community. And something tells me that there's a much, much deeper message here for us to be learning that is part of this initiatory experience on a global scale. I'll stop there. I, um, you know, you're talking about this as a but it's showing up on this global um, level, having this global shared experience. And actually what it made me think of was the first time or my trip to India years mm -hmm. ago. 
And I was struck by me going to India even before being able to travel to Africa myself. <laughs> and, um, and I just didn't understand why spirit would send me there first. And I had this experience being a dark skinned woman traveling in India of people staring at me and taking pictures. And, and I was really struggling actually. I was there for 10 days. Until I realized when I came back, part of the gift for me was to get that the medicine that I have and bring um, around healing the ancestor legacy of slavery, around grieving, um, isn't just about here in the States, that it was connected to this colorism, it was connected to this womanism, <laughs> it was connected um, broadly, and that it wasn't just here. And so I don't think that it's true that we haven't had these global shared experiences. I think that it's true that we haven't always seen them. You know, um, that when I was, I wasn't aware of that piece. I thought like my healing work was about healing the ancestor legacy of slavery in the US and that it dealt with African-Americans and white people here, <laughs> as opposed to what I'm called to do is bigger than that because it is a global connection and a global shared experience that we have. Now, that experience exists before I was conscious of it. And I think this pandemic, because what it's helping us become is more and more conscious of the fact that we've always had this shared global experience. Or even challenge. If, or, or challenge, yeah. yes. Um, even if we weren't seeing it yet, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think what, you know, to me that is what you speak, what you're speaking about in the dream is the gift that to, whenever we get more sight on something, it's a gift because then we have choices in a way that we didn't have before. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> in the context of today's conversation, I feel like this is one that of course will carry on and I hope yeah. it does carry on with others. You okay if we tuck this one in for today? Sounds good. Uh, I feel glad Quinita for uh, you as a thinking partner as a friend as a colleague for what we hold with similarity and also for what we hold with difference we are through our fire and water program trying to create a context and a community that is able to grow some wisdom together and grow some maturity together so I feel grateful to you in that. I also feel grateful to those listening and those that come along the way and offer their gifts and their thoughts and their wonders and their questions and all those kind of things. Wishing good uh, for all of, all of us, for all of our people uh, that, are, that are in the journey. Uh, it sounds funny to say it that way. You know, all of us as human beings or as a human community, perhaps awakening to some things that have already been in play, um, but have a, have a sort of louder yell to them, perhaps, or a more noticeable yell to them these days. So wishing good for everybody. If you want to, for those listening, uh, follow up with more 
to get more information, we welcome that. We have a shared website at fireandwaterleadership.weebly.com and Quinita's site is nizuzu.com. Mine is tennisandwolf.com. Thanks for listening today. Thank you.